Amen. If you would, for a little while, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 3. While you're turning there, there was a man who said one day, life is not fair. Wait till my wife might walk out because she's going to think this is corny. There was a man one day who said, life is not fair. The other person he was speaking to said, of course not. A fair is where you ride rides and eat cotton candy. This is life. This is life. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. Read down to verse 5. It says, And he, speaking of Jesus, entered again into the synagogue. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him. They were watching Jesus. Whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. They were just waiting on him to do something that they could come after him with. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. I could heal you right where you are and that would be great and you could leave here changed. But I want you to stand up and come right here where everyone can see. I want you to stand right in the middle of what's going on. So that all of my accusers, all those that are watching and waiting for me to do this, can see. And he said unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, stretch forth thine hand and he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other today for just a little while i want to talk to you on the subject when life deals you a bad hand when life deals you a bad hand can we go to the lord in prayer right now lord we love you today god i thank you for your presence that is in this place God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, I pray right now that you would speak through this vessel. God, and that your word would go forth. God, and it would touch someone's life today. God, strengthen us right now in the precious name of Jesus. God, and we're quick to give you all glory and honor and praise. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. We know this phrase is used when speaking of life and the cards that life deals you. We are dealt a bad hand by someone else. We are given cards we did not request. We did not get to choose. They are selected for us. Whether we like them or not, they are given to us. And it is up to us to make the best out of what we have been given. Sometimes we are allowed to discard. Sometimes we are allowed to draw new cards. And this is intended to help us get a better hand. But sometimes, sometimes we don't get to change what we have. Sometimes we don't get to discard. Sometimes we are simply stuck 
with what we have been given. Then there are some times we can get in a game. And in this game, we get to have a partner. And maybe, just maybe, your hand might not be what you wanted. It may not be very good, and and you don't know how it will all turn out. But you look across the table, and without saying anything, your partner is sitting over there with the grin on his face. And in the back of your mind, you know what's going on in his head, and he's thinking, I've got this. Don't worry about your hand. I've got us covered. You just follow suit. Follow my lead and we are going to make this happen. We are going to come out winners on this thing. But unfortunately, contrary to our culture, this everyday thing we call life is not a game. It is very much real. It comes with mountains and valleys. It comes with headaches and heartaches. It comes with a lot of hurts and a lot of pain and a lot of tears to be shed. We have people who come from all walks of life. Some who are born with a silver spoon in their mouth and some are lucky to have a plastic spoon. But no matter what, one time or another, we all have to deal with life. We all have been given A hand, if you will. And not everyone's hand is full of aces and faces. But some of us have croakers and jokers. The saying says, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. But unfortunately, some of us don't get the pleasure of being dealt lemons. Because you see, lemons are not so bad. Lemons can be enjoyable. So when life gives you lemons, I'm not going to sit in a corner and suck my thumb. I'm going to do what they said, and I'm going to make me some lemonade. That's great, man. After a long day of working out in the yard, you're hot and sweaty, and somebody says, Hey, I'm going to give you some lemons. I want you to go make lemonade with these lemons. Well, that, that sounds pretty nice. I wish life would give me some lemons. I wish that life would give me something like that. Some of us may feel like the sign I saw a few months ago that said, when life gives you lemons, cut the lemon and then squirt life in the eye. Of all things we could be given in life, lemons aren't so bad. But we are not all so fortunate and lucky. Some of us in life have been dealt a bad hand. We didn't have the best childhood. We didn't grow up in the best home, in the best neighborhood. I I didn't graduate high school, and because of that, I never went to college. And because of that, I didn't get the dream job I wanted. Because I didn't get the dream job I wanted, I didn't get to live in the brand new house that I wanted. And then because of all of that, I started this vicious cycle all over again in my children's life. A lot of things that happened to us was not something we did. It was not necessarily choices that we made. It was not a diabolical plan from the enemy. It's just this thing called life. Life happens to everyone. Life happens to good people. Life happens to bad people. It rains on the just and the unjust. And there are a whole lot of people who falsely accuse God. And a lot more people who give the devil way too much credit. 
No one is exempt from a flat tire. No one is going through life without a stubbed toe. We all get sick. We have all been offended. We all have issues. Say we all. It is the hand we have been dealt. But you see, real winners know your experience of life will come down to how you play the hand you are dealt. Let me take that a step further and say your eternity will be determined by how you play the hand you are dealt. Players sometimes emerge victorious even when they have a terrible hand because of their ability to play the right card at the right time. We must not give in to the illusion and lies of the enemy that says we can't make it with what we have been given. The hand we have been dealt is not the hand I always have to play with. Remember that. Because you see, we all have an opportunity to trade in our cards for a brand new start. A chance of redemption and reviving. For Second Peter 3 and 9 said, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. As some understand slowness, He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. According to 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved. And John three sixteen said, God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. He doesn't want to see anyone lost because of the hand they have been dealt. He doesn't want to see anybody live a life of misery because the hand that life dealt them. But he said, hey, I've got an opportunity for you to change things. You see, I'm going and I'm going to be a mediator. I'm going to intervene on your behalf. I will take your hand and give you mine if you will. First John 2, 1 through 2 in the NIV says, if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the entire world. Christ is the trump of all trumps. Yes, even the one currently running for president. He is our mediator and our redeemer. He's the one who can take my hurts and heal them. And he is the one who takes what what was and remakes it to what it can be. A hand does not intimidate him because you see for in his hand is all power of heaven and earth. He has a right hand that is greater than your wrong hand. The right hand of Jehovah denotes divine power or omnipotence. That's the God we serve. He's not intimidated by the hand you have been dealt because he knows the power that is in his own hands. And if he has a good hand, which I know he does, because there are nail scars in them, then you better keep on playing this game of life. You better keep on every single day with the hand that you've been dealt until God makes a way. Because it was after the cross he said, it is finished. 
I have defeated death, hell, and the grave. Before the cross, you could only hold on to your hand and hope for the best and maybe roll the points into the next round. But now you can take that hand you were dealt and trade it in for a winning hand. Now you can trade the hand that life dealt you and say, okay, God, I want the hand that you're offering today, that hand of divine healing, that hand of divine power. God, I want that hand upon my life today. God, I will trade away my sorrows. I will trade away every hurt and pain for the hand you are offering me today. And that is a hand that cannot lose. It cannot lose. In our text, we see a man who was already in the synagogue. Scripture tells us that he had a withered hand. His hand was wasting away. It was rotting away and dying more and more. Each day. And what a shame because the bad hand this man had. It was really unfortunate for Hebrews tells us that this man was a stonemason. And he needed his hands to do the job. So he was really in a bind. If anyone knew about life giving you a bad hand, he knew. No doubt this hand was not this way by choice. But it was the hand life had dealt him. And notice the Bible said there was a man in the temple. So evidently he made it through life long enough to become a man. He lived past most of the critics at school. He lived past those saying he would never make it. But as a man, he made it into the house of God. He made it into that holy place of meeting. And he could have made excuses to stay home. But he was in the right place where if anything could go right, it will go right. And Jesus sees this man, and I'm sure in Jesus' mind he was thinking, Oh, buddy, you are at the right place at the right time. And I know that there are people here today that are going to be watching me. And they're going to be ridiculing me and pressuring me. But boy, are you at the right place at the right time. So Jesus, in front of all his haters, in front of all those trying to get in his business and get in his head about healing this man, looked at the man and said, stand up. Come right here in front of everybody. Now stretch forth your hand. I'm sure there was a time in this guy's life where he probably tried to reach out before. He probably looked down at that withered hand and thought, okay, you can do this. And tried and tried and tried with no luck, could not get past that hand he had been dealt. And I'm sure it probably brought a lot of frustration knowing he wanted to do something but could not do what he wanted to do. How could you not accept defeat? Every time he tried, he only would end up with tears in his eyes, knowing no matter what he did, he could not stretch it any further. But this day, Jesus challenges him to stretch out his hand to reach further than he had ever reached before. But the Bible doesn't say he argued with God. The Bible doesn't say that man with the withered hand came in and said, Well, God, you you see, I've got this hand I've been dealt. 
I've got this issue, and I know you're telling me to stretch forth my hand, but have you taken a look at it? Have you taken a look at the issue that I'm dealing with? Have you, have you even noticed what my family is going through because of this? God, have you even taken the time to look my way and care for me? He didn't do any of that. The Bible says, Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And the Bible, the very next part says, and he stretched forth his hand. There was no contemplating it. There was no questioning it. He said, you know what? I've heard what this man can do. I've heard it noised abroad all over what he's doing right now. And if this man is telling me to stretch my hand out, you know what? I've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. Why not give it a shot? Why not trust the word of this man who's about to do something miraculous? And the Bible says, and the man stretched forth his hand and it was restored as it was before. I'm sure there was a time in his life he questioned it and he tried to reach out. But this day, Jesus challenged him and he accepted. The Bible doesn't say he argued with God. He accepted that challenge and God healed him immediately. The hand he was dealt had all of the sudden been shifted. When the withered hand came in contact with the way, when his past collided with his promises... We would look at this man in life and we would put a title over him. We would look at that man if we saw him today and we would say he was limited. We would say he was different. Brother Steve McDaniel, pastor, said the other day to only have one hand, he sure did a whole lot of stuff. He didn't allow the titles that others probably put on him that said limited. Well, he can't do it like this person can do it. Brother Steve McDaniel wasn't going to allow anybody to say that. He was going to do it anyways. Well, well, life dealt me a bad hand. Well, life didn't, didn't turn all this out the way I thought it would. It just it didn't happen. And we would call these handicapped and I love one, dish, one definition of the word handicapped. It says, handicapped defined as a disadvantage that makes achievement unusually difficult, but not impossible. But not impossible. I love this verse in Scripture, and I use it often, but we need to be reminded of it even more every day. It says, with men... It is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Many of you know this, and some of you don't, but if you didn't know, well, you're fixing to know. Sarah's mother was born with only a thumb on her left hand. At the hospital, the doctor grabbed Brother Krill and took him to the side and began to talk to him and explain some of the issues they may face in life. And they may, ex- he began to explain, you know, in, in school, your daughter will probably be teased and talked about. And, and, and they're going to label her. And she's not going to be able to do a lot of the other things that the kids are able to do. And I'm just warning you now because some people think that it's all going to be all right. And, and sometimes it's not. And I just want to warn you of these things. And, They said at the hospital, Brother Krill just sit there and took in all this information and showed no emotion. Until he got home, he began to talk to Sister Krill and say, The doctor told me 
about kids making fun of her and people looking at her and Susan being depressed because she was different. He said, Cam, he said, I, I'm not worried about any of that. He said, but I want my baby to be a worshiper. He said, and she won't even be able to clap her hands. Because of this handicap, there will be a disadvantage that will make this task difficult. But not impossible. After Brother Krill had his heart attack, he felt down and he was weak in his body. And it had become difficult for him to worship how he felt. Life had now dealt him a bad hand. But Susan went up to him one night during service and told him, Daddy, I couldn't let my situation hold back my praise. And I know you are tired and hurting, but you can't let your heart attack stop your heart of worship. And she said, you know what? You were worried when I had a handicap. And you were worried when life dealt me a bad hand that I wasn't going to be able to worship. And I wasn't going to be able to clap. And I wasn't going to be able to respond the way I wanted to respond. She said, but listen to this. And they said as she began to clap, she clapped louder and louder and louder. And Brother Krill, even in his weakness, began to weep. And he began to run across the front. He began to shout and worship. Because you know what? It doesn't matter what hand life may deal you. Life cannot steal your worship. Life cannot steal your praise. Life cannot keep you from stretching forth further than you've ever gone before. In your mind, you're thinking, this may hurt a little bit. This may get me out of my comfort zone a little bit. But while he's calling me out, while he's speaking a miracle into my life, I'm going to stretch further. I know I don't feel like it like I used to, but I'm going to run anyways. I know I'm tired and weak in my body, but God, you're worthy of all of my praise. God, you're speaking into my life right now. You're offering me a new hand. You're offering me a new opportunity, God. And while you're doing it, I'm going to take it today. Clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. When she was 10 years old, she had a desire to play the piano. She just said, Mom, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Sister Krill said, well, if you're not willing to at least try, then you are wasting our time. She wasn't being hateful. She was just saying, you know, I've got to press you. I've got to push you. I've got to challenge you as my daughter to accomplish things in life. She said, if you're not willing to try, then you're wasting our time. Sister Krill said she left the room and began to weep and cry out, asking God why. Why would she have a desire to play the piano? Of all the other things she could probably do in life, why would she want to do the thing that's going to require two hands? Why is she going to ask to do that and desire to do that? But all the while, there was a 10-year-old girl in the other room who had been dealt a bad hand. In the other room, she was stretching herself and stretching and stretching. And while Sister Krill was in the other room crying and talking to God, Susan began to scream, Mama, I can do it. I can do it. And since then, she has played piano and organ with the best. 
There were some church people who even declined her lesson saying, we can't help you. We can't do anything for you because you are limited. You don't have two hands like I have. I can't show you what to do over here because you are limited. But she didn't let that stop her from stretching that bad hand she had been dealt. And even up until the last two years, she taught piano lessons. She taught piano lessons. Don't accept the lies of the enemy that says, hey, I've given you this hand to play with and and I'm sorry, but you're stuck with it. I'm sorry, but you can't do anything with it. I'm sorry, but you're limited and it's just not going to happen. It makes it very difficult for you. Hey, devil, it does make it difficult, but it's not impossible. I know with me it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Let's stand. Notice something with me in the scripture. The Bible says in the very first verse, there was a man who had a withered hand. That's past tense. That's what you used to be. That's what you used to be identified with until you came in contact with the healer. Until you came in contact with the one who revives and redeems. Jesus hadn't even said anything yet. And I know Mark is writing this at a future date and looking back on that day. But I promise you that Mark knew. If Jesus is in the house, then something is about to happen. If Jesus is in the house, then this man is about to be healed. All of you that are watching better get ready because God is about to work a miracle. Because this man who was a withered hand is about to meet a man named Jesus. And when he walks out of here today, he will no longer be known by his old status. He will not be known as the man who has a withered hand. When he leaves this place today, he's going to be known as the man who had a withered hand. I wish to God some of us would leave this place saying, hey, that's the man who had a drug addiction. That's the lady who had depression. That's the young person who had suicidal thoughts. That's the person who had problems letting go. That's the person that had issues. Because when you see when Jesus shows up, what is immediately becomes what was. But God shifted in spite of all those watching, in spite of the persecution he was about to face. Said, hey, I'm about to face much worse than this in the coming days. This is nothing. I don't care what man says. I don't care about the opinions of man. You tell me if it's better to do good today or evil. I've come to heal you today. Your family's sitting beside you and they're saying, well, I know who he is. I know the issues that he's facing. I know what's going on in his life. And Jesus is saying, hey, come on. I don't care what they're going to say. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to stretch you today. I'm going to heal you today. I'm going to make you new today. With all those watching, I'm about to do something miraculous in your life. I don't care what your circumstance is. God is calling each of you today to stretch that hand you have been dealt out so it can be restored and made whole. 
Some of us need more than a new hand today. We need a new heart. All you have to do is repent and let go of that thing that's been holding you back. That thing you keep making excuses for. That thing you give too much power over. And use that handicapped excuse. Trade that in today. Say, God, I've got a hand that I've been dealt. I didn't ask for this hand. I didn't ask for this depression. I didn't ask for this sickness that's in my body. I open all these altars right now for every soul that's been dealt a hand that you're just, you don't know if you're going to make it with the hand you've got. You say, God, while you're offering a new start today, God, while you're offering me a new opportunity today, God, I'm not going to sit back and make excuse after excuse. God, but today I'm going to stretch myself. God, I'm going to stretch myself. God, I can't do it. Oh, speak that word today, God. Oh, when life gives us a bad hand, Lord, you are there to heal us. You are there to make us whole again. God, you see the bitterness that's buried in hearts right now. God, I pray right now that in front of all these watching, God, you would begin to turn it. God, that you would begin to make a way where there used to be no way. God, that I would leave this place today saying I was the one that had an addiction. I was the one that had issues in life. I had frustration. I had bitterness. I had things in my life that I was dealing with, but God stepped in. He spoke to my life. He stretched out my hand. He restored and He made 